गुड मॉर्निंग पीपल यूर लिस्निंग टू फ्रंट फुट अ पॉडकास्ट ब्रॉट यू बाय द को माई नेम इज जॉशो थॉमस प्रोड्यूसर ऑन द शो एंड एग्जीक्यूटिव प्रोड्यूसर फॉर पॉडकास्ट एट द को ऑन टूडेज एपिसोड आई टॉक टू रिनाउन क्रिकेट जर्नलिस्ट आयाज मेमिन about the India versus Pakistan match in the 2003 Cricket World Cup that took place at the Centurion Cricket Ground in South Africa on March 1st 2003 now India versus Pakistan matches generate some of the highest advertising revenue so we also cover some of the history of the India Pak rivalry hi ayaz um okay so today we're fast forwarding to the 2003 ICC Cricket World Cup and we're specifically going to talk about the india versus pakistan match which was quite a nail biting match from what i remember i had read some places in the country had even declared a holiday so that people could tune into the match now before we get into the matches up like i just wanted to talk about what is special about the india pak rivalry and is it like in the spirit of sportsmanship or is it kind of bitter Well, I mean, look, India-Pakistan rivalry in cricket. In fact, in any sport between two arch rivals, it has become like that for geopolitical reasons, socio-cultural reasons, whatever you might call it. But it's a fascinating rivalry which has had its major ups and downs. Frankly, it's very different from, say, the Ashes contest between Australia and England, which has been played out over a longer period of time. There's a lot more legacy and tradition attached to it. But in terms of intensity, in te- terms of fervor, in terms of now obviously the viewership uh, because the entire not just the entire subcontinent indian subcontinent but the entire cricket world universe of cricket focuses on such such matches because you know it just has so much flavor uh, i would like to say rich flavor which it is sometimes it can get a little out of hand but uh, you know i think one has to take that as par for the course given the peculiar political geopolitical situation that india and pakistan find themselves in so for instance the ashes between australia and england I mean, the two countries are separated by thousands of miles. Here, they are joined at the navel, as they say. So there is obviously a lot of that which plays out. But having said that, it's not just bitterness. The bitterness is more in the rivalry on the field. And when I say bitterness in the rivalry on the field, it doesn't mean that people get into fisticuffs or they fight each other beyond the cricket part. Yes, there are occasions when it, as I said, it spins a little out of control. it has happened that you know there have been altercations on the field but that has happened also with india and pakistan playing other opponents but by and large it has always my my memory if my memory serves me right and i can tell you of matches played in the last 50 years so one is of course the very inconsistent pattern of cricket that we have seen between india and pakistan so it started in 1952 not long after partition that was test cricket once a series in india first then one in pakistan then one more in india in 1960 61 or 61 62 and then after that for 17 years no cricketing contact between india and pakistan till 1978 then it largely because this was for political reasons because in 65 in 71 there were wars between the two countries so even in 48 there was a skirmish in kashmir so immediately after partition so those had a, obviously had a negative impact on cricket relations between india and pakistan but cricket relations were revived in 1978 when the janta party was in power even after that it's been inconsistent the pattern sometimes it's been you know there's been a smooth flow sometimes not but now the pattern that has emerged is the bilateral contests between india and pakistan are subject to the political climate in the subcontinent but where icc tournaments is are concerned that's where the world cup fits in there has been consistency 
since 1992. That was the first time India and Pakistan played each other, each other in an ICC tournament. And subsequently, every World Cup, the audience has grown. And the legacy is being built up. The tradition is being built up. This is the most anticipated, most looked forward to rivalry in cricket. And I can tell you, as this, this, world, this year's World Cup, the 2023 World Cup, which is going to be played in India, and after a lot of toing and froing, ha and na, India and Pakistan, Pakistan will come to India and play. And the match is scheduled to be played at Ahmedabad. And what I gather, what has been said in the media so far, is that no ticket is available for the match. And... The hotel rooms are available uh, in Ahmedabad for that match. So it tells you the attraction, the appeal of India-Pakistan match. And the important thing about the 2003 contest, apart from the result, and we'll talk about that in the matches it was played, that number of people who descended into South Africa to watch this contest, just perhaps this contest alone, you know, just watching India and Pakistan. So they had played, India and Pakistan had played in 92 in Australia, 96 in India in the quarterfinal. In 1999 in England, yes, lots of people from the Indian diaspora, from the Pakistani diaspora came and watched those matches. But not in such huge numbers as we saw in South Africa for the first time. The Centurion Stadium was packed to the gills. And there were almost like two camps available or one could, you know, one could see in the Centurion ground. The Pakistani supporters on one side and the Indian supporters Obviously, larger number because there are more Indians in this world. <laughs> we were on the other side. And it was a fantastic contest. You know, there was a lot of noise. There was a lot of, as I mentioned, a lot of brouhaha before the match. And a lot of cheering and supporters backing the sides at the ground itself. And what we got was one of what I think is a fantastic match. Look, in a match, there has to be one loser and one winner. India were the winner in this match. And because primarily, they outgunned, outclassed Pakistan. Pakistan had run up a good score, 273 for 7. And remember, we are talking of 2003, 20 years earlier, where scores of 300 plus were very, very rare. You know, hardly ever you got to see scores of 300 plus in ODIs, which is now commonplace. 273 for 7, Saeed Anwar playing, playing a smashing knock of 101. Actually, he was the guy who put Pakistan into a position from where they could walk to win. You know, they got runs on the board, 273 for 7, but they ran into a very inspired Indian batting lineup, inspired team, and led by who else? Sachin Tendulkar. He, was, he, he had been the dominant batsman in the tournament in the sense of making runs, but in this match, he just seemed to have kind of transcended to another level. 98 is what he made. He missed his century by only a couple of runs. Towards the end of his innings, he was hobbling a bit because of pulled muscle or some, some other injury, but before that, he had done his job. He just took the dreaded Pakistani attack. And I say that with due deliberation. Because when you have bowlers of the caliber of Wasim Akram, Choy Baksar, Wakar Yunus, Abdul Razak and Shahid Afridi, it's not an easy attack to tame. But that's what Tendulkar did. First, starting off extremely well. In fact, with, with the blast, the opening partnership, uh, 53 runs between him and Sehwag. And then another partnership with, a century partnership with Mohamed Kervan, two runs. And then, of course, you had Rahul Ravid and Yuvraj Singh getting together and making 44 and 50 and leading the team to victory. But Tendulkar getting out after scoring 98, when the score at 177. And remember, these 177 runs, when Sachin got out, came in only 27.4 overs, which shows the pace at which he had scored. And what stood out, Joshua, in that knock was the 
the mastery of Tendulkar and his innovations and his improvisations. Shoaib Akhtar, how he kind of, as they say, using boxing parlance and cricket, he uppercut him over third for a six, a stroke which was then emulated by, by Sehwag. And it just gave no opportunity for the Pakistani bowlers to settle down or the, for the Pakistani team to settle down. They may have thought at the innings break that they had perhaps a decent enough score to defend 273. But it just didn't work out. It was not their day. It was not their day because the Indians were completely charged up and played like a team possessed. And Wakar Yunus, the Pakistan captain, he was leading Pakistan in that match, looked completely hapless as Tendulkar and company went about their task. But one thing, like you mentioned that the bowling lineup that Pakistan had, they were quite a scary lineup. Like you said, Wasim Akram, Shoaib Akhtar. So you're saying Sachin managed to just take down these bowlers like like sort of knife through butter type. So was was it a bit of a like, did the bowlers make any mistakes or were they trying to... No, I, I think, look, the, the big advantage of this Pakistani attack was their pace and of course their skills. I mean, Wasim Akram was a maestro at swing bowling. Shoaib Akhtar was you know, would usually come in and bowl at almost 100, 100 miles per hour. You know, give or take a few miles here or there. But consistently quick. Bakar Yunus, always always a dangerous bowler. So this was a very formidable bowling attack. Shahid Afridi, a leg spinner, Abdul Razak, again a clever bowler. So you had to be on top of your game. So yes, the pitch was a little batsman friendly. Remember Pakistan had also made 273. But when you are chasing 273 against this kind of an attack first, there is a psychological hurdle you have to overcome. And I'm chasing 273. These are the bowlers I'm facing. So, if you start eschewing all risks and you start playing yourself in and try and, you know, kind of settle down, you may take so much time that the, the, the asking rate, you know, climbs up. And then then you have, you're forced into taking high risks and maybe playing even reckless strokes. So, the trick, when I look back in hindsight, the trick, not the trick, I think the remedy was to start scoring runs right from the start. And at a tempo, which would put pressure on the Pakistani bowlers. That's what Sachin and Sehwag did. You know, they started in a very strong manner and they kept Sachin certainly as wickets, a couple of wickets fell uh, at the other end. He still kept going, you know, just maintaining the same momentum because if you allow that momentum to kind of wither away, then the pressure comes back on you. And then when you're chasing a big target against bowlers of the caliber of Akram, Akhtar, Yunus and Razak, and Jaid Afridi, it doesn't get easy. So you had to once you got that, once you got on top of the bowling, you have to ensure that you stay there because this was a strong Pakistan team, remember. So um quickly talking about batting partnerships. So if Sachin is the star and you have your batting partner. How does Sehwag or Ganguly, how do they support Sachin in that? Are they sort of just redundant in that scheme or how, how do they support Sachin as a star batsman? No, I think the key word is support. You know, I mean, I think that when you have in the top order, there's nobody who is redundant. Otherwise, you won't belong in the top order as a batsman. So, whether it is Tendulkar or Sehwag or Saurabh Ganguly or, you know, Rahul Dravid or Yuvraj Singh, their job is to score runs. And if they are in good nick, one of them is in good nick, the job of the other person is to, to play the supporting role. I mean, that was the thought process. Go in Lipdoors cricket or in, in ODI cricket or white ball cricket or in T20, certainly more pronounced. It's expected that from both ends you will make runs. Sachin was in such roaring form, then automatically the others kind of decide in the dressing room or in the middle that we now need to ensure that 
he keeps going at the pace at which he is scoring and for that we need to ensure that wickets don't fall from the other end so that the pakistani bowlers or the opposing bowlers start getting an opening to come back into the match so that's how you know as they say that's how the jugalbandi of batsmanship goes it's not easy to keep a batsman like virendra sehwag who's a naturally aggressive batsman to mellow him down he's not a mellow batsman at all so he went you know he was matching sachin stroke for stroke uh, at the start till he got dismissed so sehwag got out and then suddenly even saurav ganguly got out in fact he got out to the first ball so that kind of caused a bit of a stutter and it seemed that india might run into a bit of a problem but sachin was in sublime form and he found a very good partner in mohammad kaif mohammad kaif was a youngster he and yuvraj singh were just about starting out in their international careers kaif yuvraj zahir khan these were all the young brigade uh, which had come up at the turn of the century for india and mohammad kaif very not as gifted a player maybe as sehwag of course not and not yuvraj singh but a very strong and very stable head on his shoulders he was not the nervous fidgety kind nor given to extravagance or needless flamboyance so he held his ground and he stuck around with sachin playing the perfect foil and sachin was in such outstanding form that the ball found the sweet spot of his bat almost every time there was nothing edgy or nervy about sachin's batting that day an absolute master and with kev giving him that support the victory margin or the lead started getting whittled down very rapidly till of course kev got out on 155 and then sachin himself as i mentioned nursing a bit of an injury 177 he was not in comfort at all but by that time india had brought the lead or you know the margin victory margin down to under 100 and then you had mr reliable rahul ravid there and young yuvraj singh yuvraj finished a, a very strokeful half century rahul ravid very solid 44 and yeah i mean the victory was achieved fairly easily as it happened in the final analysis they india won this match quite comfortably with about what i think almost 5 overs to spare Join us next week when we talk about the 2003 Cricket World Cup final and the bitter defeat India suffered at the hands of the Australian cricket team. This was the Front Foot podcast with Ayaz Mamin. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at the core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter at www.thecore.in. That is www.thecore.in, or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook as well. If you like the podcast, do share it with friends and family, and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good weekend, and we'll be back next week.